Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yes, we've got an absolute topper today. It's what I've got down here is a hard bastard, Craig Moore. I don't know about a hard bastard, um, but I did love to, I, I love to compete. Thanks for coming compete. on, mate. We're desperate to get you on for ages, eh? Well, well, yeah, we've spoken a few times, so ah, good to, to finally be here. Where the shit is normal, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, but nice to be here. There was a few racy texts between us on that one. You sent me your top off is my favourite. Aye, aye, yeah, yeah. Right, I've got you down here as the third hardest Australian. You want mother two? I'll go for... You got Kevin Muscat there. Muscat's number one, mate. Who's number one? Number two. Oh, is who's number two? Harold Bishop for neighbours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a while since I've seen him. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll come to Muscat in a bit. But who was who's harder? You're Muscat. I want to know that first question. So you can bloater people, man. I, I, I'd never consider myself as a hard player. Like I says, I love to I love to compete. Um, Muskie's a great mate of mine. Um, he probably crossed the line at times, <laughs> um, but certainly a fantastic guy off the field. But um, at times, like I said, was uh, what would you say the red mist yeah. uh, on the field? He certainly had a few more issues than what I've had on the field. But off the field, top man, because he, he, he lived next door to John Higgins when he was here. You all lived in Bothwell, didn't you? He was living next door to, to John Higgins, yeah. So that was in Bothwell. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a champion. Anybody that has met Muskie off the field, right? No matter what they've thought before, I go listen. Meet him, have a chat with him, have a beer with him, whatever, and then tell me what you think afterwards. Yeah, right, they all say what a champion bloke. That's it. Right, on to the career. Football as a kid, or was it rugby? Was it all sports? What, what we're talking? I, I, as a kid growing up, I was like a lot of um, a lot of Aussies. I guess you, you experiment uh, with a lot of different sports. So I I done little athletics for five years. Um, I done cricket for a couple of years. Um, but the, the little the, the athletics and the football sort of like were at the same time. So eventually, when I got to ten or eleven, I kind of zoned in on the the football side of things uh, because it was something that I enjoyed. Uh, and wanted to, from a very early age, um, become a professional. Didn't know what that looked like or what that meant at that particular time. One game at school, rugby league. Um, the AFL, the, the, the one that you see, where we, we get really big crowds for that. I never, I come from a state which um, probably was more rugby league than AFL. So who pushed you in football? Was it your dad? Was it a coach? I think Older brother. Something else, older brother, right? Older brother. So I had an older brother, Troy, who was... Um, oh, Troy, great name. I gave much great better than Craig. Much better, much better. <laughs> he was a much better player as was well. Was he? Mate, he was a much better player. He had um, he had natural talent. Right. You know, he, he, had, he just had that ability where he didn't have to work that hard. And 
I guess like, you know, we've all seen 16, 17 drink girls uh, and kind of then uh, slipped away where I, I had to work my ass off to, to be decent at it, uh, you know, and I just had that obsession, I guess, to to want to improve and, and, and to want to get to a level. Um, See, when you say work your ass off in, so what would you do differently? What, practice more? Was it work harder in training? Always, always. I mean, nowadays, kids don't really practice away from Nah. training yeah, I agree. Um, you know so and society's changed I guess in terms of you know we're, we're less uh, likely to let our kids out longer in the streets and, and what have you but I like mine playing the motorway mate brilliant eh? <laughs> fast eh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I make good decisions eh? exactly. that's happened. Uh, but no it's just it's, for me it's just practice you're always out in the ball kicking the ball out the street and um, you know playing games playing with my older brother and his older friends who were three four years older who, who, who kind of were want to stamp their authority and kick the living shit out of you, mm. you you've got to learn you've got to learn early doors how to compete and how to look after yourself brilliant uh, so how have you spotted by Rangers over in Australia we had um, no longer with us Eddie Thompson I don't know whether you remember Eddie Thompson he played yeah. he played for Haas he played for Aberdeen I believe and was good friends with uh, Archie Knox and Walter Smith he became the national team coach of Australia so he's seen me coming through the the, the youth ranks um, I was involved in under 17s World Cup and under 20 World Cup in 1993. Done quite well, and I think it was through Eddie Thompson and the connection that he had at Rangers. Um, I had the opportunity to come over and have a trial for two weeks. Um, I impressed, and then was offered a, a three-year contract. So that's fairly mm-hmm. much how, how it happened, how quickly it happened. But you know what it's like in, in, in football on life in general. Sometimes it's not it's not what you know, it's who you know for that uh, initial opportunity. Was Eddie Thompson, you said he was pals with Archie Knox and Walter Smith, is he similar to them coaching-wise? Yes. Well, yes. very tough on you. Yeah, no, very much so. But at the same time, when he when, when they see somebody that uh, they, they believe that has got a little bit, yeah. they do everything they possibly can to support that and help that talent get through. And especially in Australia where we don't have... Um, back then it was a semi-professional league. We don't have a conveyor belt of unbelievable talent. So... You know, the people, diamonds. He looks for the diamonds. They, yeah. they they try and get around the ones that they think that have got a chance and and, and support them as best as they can. You know, any about Rangers when you first came over? Nothing. No. Nothing at all. As a kid growing up, um, it was it was English football. That's yeah. all. That's all we kind of got. Uh, I had a good mate who's who's actually works now for the SFA, Stuart McLaren. Oh, I don't have. So you know, she knows Stuart. Yeah, yeah. So funny enough, we come through the centre of excellence together back at uh, AIS uh, in, in in Canberra uh, as fifteen year old boys, and I remember. Him having posters all over his wall. Maybe I shouldn't say this because he's probably he's probably says he's neutral now. <laughs> he's got Glasgow Rangers uh, team photos up all over the place. So I kind of I'd heard about this football club Glasgow Rangers, but prior to coming, I knew I, I knew none of the history. I knew uh, nothing about the football club. Um, but I tell you what, you have to learn quick, don't you? Mm-hmm. You have to learn quick. Yeah, of course you do. Um, what posters do you have, Peter Andre? Peter Andre, and no, I was, I was more Kylie Minogue. <laughs> oh, I never talk. You need to learn quickly, as you say, but. Going into that, was that a first team dressing you went straight away? No, no, I went into in the youths. No, nah, I was in with the youths. I, I signed a, I signed a youth, well, a youth contract, not like the the old whites. Yes, I went on to a, a professional contract. A few quid. Well, not even back then, yeah. to be honest with you. It was, I think, it was about three hundred pound a week. It wasn't, and again, it wasn't the money. It was the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, so you, I've come in. Um, you go into the youth team dressing room. Boys are on uh, the apprenticeships and all that sort of stuff. So you know what it's like. It's like going back to school again. You've got to earn the respect of the, the, the playing group and um, that's always interesting when you go to a new club. Um, I met a great mate who I'm still great friends with in, in Charlie Miller. Oh, what a character, um, mate. You know, he was, he was that great young talent that was head and shoulders above everybody in that group at that time um, and he was brilliant because he helped, he helped me settle in and when you're kind of settling in with one of the, 
the, the better players at the football club, it kind of, it, it helps things, I guess. Did you ever take your castle milk? Plenty of times. No way. Plenty of times. Why did you drink it? Oh, <laughs> Shitting yourself. It, it was an experience, but Char Charlie had a, Charlie had a group of mates, didn't he, that um, would do anything for him, that looked after him. And, and, <laughs> and although you go into certain areas and you kind of think, oof, it's a little bit rough, you still felt comfortable because you're with the right people. Mm -hmm. So what, just a few beers in that in Castlemook? Charlie wasn't really a beer drinker when yeah. he was younger, was he? Um, so it was just more, you kid, you talk, you're talking a little bit of shit, aren't you? You're watching the football. Well, uh, um, <laughs> a, a little bit later, Charlie learned how to drink beer and, and, and we give it a nudge. Um, but no, he's a great guy and what, uh, what a player he was as well. well uh, what was the difference in a, change, a young Scottish changing room compared to a young Australian changing room? Just uh, the, the banter, it's ruthless. You know, you walk in, um, you walk in thinking that you, you know you're going to be nice, quiet, sliding. Maybe you got a, a shit pair of trainers, your, your gears. Mate, they're all over it. They're all. Over. How, how am you I going today? Mate, I'd do. I'd be by the way. Did be, you get slaughtered there? Oh, Bob Malcolm. Even if it was good, it was bad. Um, <laughs> but that was that was the way it, the way it was, you know. And it's a it's a tough school, but at the same time. You come through that. I think you know. I've been lucky enough to, to get some unbelievable relationships through that, and and that banter is, is something that even back in in Australia, I've kind of I've missed. It's yeah. Because it's that quick-witted sense of humour, isn't it? So did you did you take that straight away, or did it take you a while? I think this is a bit much for me. It took me a year before I could understand people. I think. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? What? Pardon? Uh, but once once you got through that, normally after a couple of beers, you can understand people a little bit easier. Uh -huh. um, but nah, like I said, it took me it took me about a year. To, to, to get, to get up to, well, just to get up to, 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 to speed, to really feel comfortable, to, to uh, I guess, have that, that relationship with, with, within the playing group um, and to really go on and enjoy yourself to, to be able to kick on. See that first year, did you ever think I'm going to go home? Yes. Did you? Yes. Oh, I, even before I come over, I'll be honest, I, I kind of last minute, um, I was with my dad at the airport, uh, an opportunity come to, to sign just in a semi-professional club down in Melbourne. And I go, Dad, I think... Um, I think I'm going to stay. I think it's better that I develop here and all that sort of stuff. And he goes, son, mate, go. Go overseas. Do what you can do. If you don't like it, you can always come home. Uh, first year, Walter Smith was unbelievable because at the back end of the year, I think I had a, a hernia operation. And he kind of knew that I was a little bit down there and, mm. and goes, mate, go home. Get yourself home. Spend some time with, uh, with mum and dad and the family. And he was brilliant, Walter. He used to, once a week, he'd say, mate, you come into the office. We'll all clear the office. Phone mum and dad. Uh, oh, they, they were unbelievable. The, you know, and that, that for me was something that um, made the club so special. Um, it was one of those ones where they do everything possible, especially when you've come a long way. Um, you know, and they know that you, you know, you've not got your family and you've not got your friends and all that sort of stuff. So they were a different class throughout that process. Uh, Archie Knox as well. Any stories about Archie Knox? How scary he can be. He was my youth team manager at Scotland. I was shit scared of him, man. Mate, I think a lot of people are shit scared of him. Uh, Archie is... Um, Mate, he's, he's, he's at your constant, isn't he? You mm. know, and the but at the same time, when you, when you come away from football... Oh, he's a top man, isn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he, 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 was, he was a hard taskmaster. I remember... Well, I don't remember it that well. I think we played a game at Falkirk. <laughs> Alan McLaren had a shot from about 40 yards. It hit me in the back of the melon. Well, <laughs> I'm all over the shops. I ended up getting uh, subbed off. That game come in and, and McCoyst and Archie Knox were... were Mate, they had to be separated on a, on a couple of occasions, mate. They were going ding dong, ding dong. I think Archie was um, wasn't happy. Coy to come on as a sub or something like that. He wasn't happy with the time that he had on the field. They're swearing at each other in the dressing room, mate. Archie's like, "You'll be in tomorrow." He goes, "I oh, fucking not in tomorrow." 
<laughs> all right, so that was going back and forward, back and forward, mate. I, I come into all sorts. Archie had a, 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 you know, I guess a tough side as well, yeah. but we've we've experienced a side where coming away from it, he's a he's a top bloke, top yeah. man. Uh, as you say, you got into the first team dressing room. Uh, it was a stick merciless amongst them. McCoy, Gascoigne, Durant, Durant's quick as well, isn't he? Mate, well, Coyce and, and Durant, if you if if you if you want to stay out of trouble, mate, you just you steer out of their way because it, what a combination they were. Um, you know, you could have the, the worst day in your, in, in your life and you walk into that dressing room, but and it just it, it brought a smile to your face. We kind of, you know, had that had that dressing room, especially with characters like you know your Koisties and, and your, your Duranis, where they, they don't stop, they don't stop. They're at you twenty four seven. But it made it made it a good atmosphere. It made it a good dressing room. Um, but they were ruthless as well. Well, they're right. Yeah, no, what in terms of have you won the dinner in Tuna? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because um, you know the the generation, our culture back then was was drinking, was drinking and performing. It was that that was the way the way that it was. But at the same time, if you um, couldn't perform at training, I mean, Walter Smith, you didn't want to get on the wrong side of Walter Smith. But it didn't even get to him because the players were. Were that competitive, were that, um, that 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 desire to go and win. If you had, if they'd known that you'd been out for a drink and then you were you were rubbish the next day at training, they'd be like, "Don't fucking go out, go in. Don't go out because if you can't perform and you can't back up, mate, that's not what we're all about." Yeah. So you know, could like, they could they go out and then perform the next day every time? They always made it a point, not so much Koisty, um, but Darati. If he'd been out the next day, any kind of physical running and all that sort of stuff, mate, always at the front. Always at the front. So, again, it was like, okay, yeah, we've had a couple of beers, but, mate. But we can handle it. I'm here and I'm training. I'm training harder than anybody. Uh, but that was the majority back then, you know. We, today, it's not, it's not possible. And you, you know? said you used to love kicking Jurat and Turner. I, I, didn't, I didn't mind because the wee man was, uh, what a player. Uh-huh, I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen him, obviously, prior my time because... What I seen when I was here was 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 an unbelievable talent. What a player he was, but great dribbler, wasn't he? Great yeah. dribbler, and he used to get the ball and go, try to go on his mazes and all that sort of stuff. And I'd be coming sliding with a big scissor. He goes, "Oh yeah, mad Aussie bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he used to he used to give me a bit of stick. We used to catch him every now and then. Uh, but but again, like I said, that was part and parcel of our training. You mentioned the drinking culture. Was do you have a particular day that you enjoyed doing? I normally it was it was a Tuesday, wasn't it? I mean, would you score? Is it Duck Bear used to go? No, we ended well, up. It depends at different times. We used to we used to go to the Steps Bar in my first when I was younger lad. The you know McCoy, Durant, Bomber, Stuart McCall, all the Scottish lads and all that. We used to go into the Steps Bar, um, get into a little quiet place, um, and, and and be left alone. Um, you know, and then normally the Wednesday was off. This is obviously when you didn't have the maybe weren't having the European Thinking, stuff yeah. midweek. So you you know Tuesday was a physical day. So you had Durant at the front running like a madman. Um, Lunch, beers. Wednesday was off, um, so if, if there was nothing in the newspaper, that meant it was a it was a good night. And then Thursday, you would hear all the stories. <laughs> so that was that was the way it was back then. Brilliant. Uh, was it hard to get in at the first team when yeah. you first? Why, why was it so hard? Was the standard there? I said half so good. Unbelievable. I think in my time it was. Uh, so Goffy was unbelievable leader. Unbelievable We've had captain. You had obviously Bomber, John Brown, Dave McPherson was there, Alan McLaren, who was a great talent that unfortunately injury cut short. Uh, they signed Gordon Petrich, you had Daniel Prodan. Wow. Um, so I played a, a small role in, in the first five, six years as a, as a fringe player, sort of like, you know, played in midfield, played as a fullback. I think I come you up. You played midfield, did you? Uh, a lot of the time, the, a lot of those earlier games. And that was just because I, I guess Walter felt that there was good energy and I could go in and, and win the ball and give it to people that. 
that could play. I yeah. mean, that's, there's no embarrassment in saying that, yeah. you know. Um, come up, I think I come on as a sub up at Aberdeen as a striker the last five, ten minutes. Uh, we ended up winning 1-0. Scored a header from about one yard out. They all count. <laughs> of course they, they, they all count. But it took me, uh, a lot of people think that happened overnight. It took me six years. Six years really before I, and I actually had to leave and then come, come back. back before I become a, a starting 11 player. Such was the, the incredible depth uh, of this. And I was a younger player, so that was part of my apprenticeship. What about uh, older players taking you under the wing? Anyone that saw someone you gave you advice, uh, Goffey, helped your game? Goffey, Goffey was brilliant. Uh, and, and again, because I think you look at, and you would have spoken to him, Goffey's story, you come as a young lad. Um, his story was similar to mine in terms of he knew what it meant um, to come from a different country so far away to, to have no friends and family and all that sort of stuff. So he's still not got any friends. Kendall, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's um, by the way, he still looks fit as well. Oh, huh? Tremendous yoga he does every morning. Ah, oh, mate, well, sack that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what did he help in your game? To, was it maybe uh, I mean, obviously, in terms of your, your game, it was like your game, I think you. You improve daily because of the players that you were training yeah. with. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a young lad and I'm watching in. Um, so you're seeing the type of um, defenders that you've got and their positioning and uh, you know when they go and anticipate when just important decisions that you have to make in a game. Yeah. Uh, but again, these were the days where Rangers were pretty dominant. You know, so you're kind of bossing you're bossing all the games. Um, Set pieces, he was unbelievable, weren't he? I mean, he scored so many goals in terms of set pieces. He was brave. He, he, he loved the, the headband after getting cut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but no, he was, he was some, an unbelievable leader. One person at a, at a club, he, he controlled the dressing room. Um, he made sure that when, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a dip that um, he, he got the boys together in a, in a positive way. Um, which was normally only five beers, not, not 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just knew, knew when to... To, to, to be able to get the group to get them back to a level to make sure that we could kick on again. What about playing up against McCoyce and Turin? Would, would he give you a bit verbally? I guess Coyce, isn't it? I mean, Coyce was, he was an unbelievable player. And again, that, that's what I say about training with players that, that have such quality. I learned so much just by turning against them. And that's unbelievable when you can work against players day in, day out of that quality. Yeah. And he already, he had that double movement where he'd, he'd fake as if he's going to, to the near post and then back post. And, and as a defender, that's hard because you're yeah. trying to watch ball and opponent his, his movement was great. I remember once when I was playing as a, I was in a central defender area and he's kind of dropped in a midfield. Normally when the head's down, you know that they're going to play that, 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 the, the pass, right? So his head's down. I've gone to the, the pass that I thought he was going to play and he's given it the no eyes one through and he just looked and he goes, hey, son, eh? clever, clever player here, eh? <laughs> uh, and he gave me another, another really good bit of advice, which um, I would give to anybody that goes to, to big clubs, is like um, you need to have thick skin to, to survive in, in, a, in a top football club because as much as you will experience good times, the expectation every day, and there's going to be bad times, are you able to work through that? Deal with it, brilliant stuff. Uh, you made 31 appearances in the Euro season. What a year to uh, kind of come in at the team and, and actually contribute now. <coughs> Yeah, look, I mean, again, and, and, and 31 uh, appearances, I don't know where those 31 were. They would have been, they would have been all over the place. <laughs> right. um, but look, again, Just I was to be involved to, Mate, to be involved, um, to, 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 to contribute in, in any possible way, you know, even if you're coming, in, coming off the bench, I think it's important that you, you have, you don't, you don't win a title with, with 11 players. You know, it's about every individual. So like when they're, they're required to come on and make an impact and do something and, and keep momentum going and, at that season, at that particular season, 
again after being there for, for some time, realised how important it was to the fans. Massive year to, to equal the, the record of nine in a row. So to be involved in that and um, that Tanadice. Um, was it not it, tough being a young guy though? That, like the pressure that was on the club that year, and you've got to come in and, and play your part. And there's no room for coming on and maybe not performing because yeah. it was so important to win nine in a row. No, it was massive, but that's standing you in good stead then, maybe for, for, for throughout your career. I, I think it creates that character that um, yeah it enables you to, to to get through tough times because, like I said, it's not always good. I've had times where we kind of you know have struggled, but um, I think all the talk in that year was done by the media. Hmm. Uh, in house, it wasn't discussed. Um, obviously, we knew what was um, you know what was at, at stake and what was <clears throat> potentially there for us at the end of the season. But like what happens a lot in Glasgow, there's a lot of the talk is done through the media mm. and, and not necessarily from the people that are actually directly involved with what can or can't happen. So did it ever boil over that pressure within within years, or was, was Walter very good at keeping his camp? No, nah, no, nah, he was good. <coughs> well, well, Walter was uh, he was an unbelievable manager. He knew the domestic game inside out. Um, he, he had a nasty side. Can uh, you get? Did you, well. did you ever get that early on? No, I, I, I never. Um, but I, I certainly seen it. I mean, you know, there was a, a time there when he had uh, Gascoigne pinned to, to the wall um, for Gaza. I mean, Gaza's brilliant, um, but Gaza was doing a little bit more what Gaza wanted than what necessarily Walter Smith wanted, and and what was good for the team. And I remember um, he, he, Gaza was shaking. He, he was he was shaking. He shit himself. You know, like <laughs> Walter had because he's this you know he, this this gentleman presents well, speaks well, but. When he when he went when he went for you, mate, cut through you like a knife. Wow. Yeah, no, it was scary. Seeing him then that the Gascoigne must have been a little. I need to ask you about Gascoigne. Have you got a favourite story about him? There's so many. There's so many. I mean, look, um, yeah, I, I think he's just these genius type of type of characters. They're they're just they're different, aren't they? You know, yeah. like I remember a couple of times we're getting off a train at the Crickwood Club and a young boy, Gascoigne, Gaza, Gaza, can you sign a ball? And he'd sign the ball and then volley it down the street. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And the boy's like, he's like, go get a son. Just things like that. Were you on the receiving end? Never done any, you know? Nah, nah. But Gazzo, he had this bag of tricks as well, didn't he? He used to carry this bag and he'd see something, he'd see something in the newspaper, a good picture, a bad picture, a funny picture. Man, he'd just plank things. He'd just store things and just wait for his moment to come out with really, really random stuff. I mean, Coyce, he's told a story about the fish in, in Gordon Jury's car. Brilliant, uh, mate, he was constant. Like, it's one of those ones you go and you know you've got a job to do, but you've also got one eye on Gascoigne. What, what, what's Gascoigne up to? What's he up <laughs> to? Would he been the best player on that team? Uh, no, him, him and, him and Loudrup were phenomenal, weren't they? Mm. I, I think, you know, I get asked all the time. I mean, we, we internationals all over the place. So I remember sort of like when it was international break, I'm back training with three players because everyone's away. They're all internationals oh, national back in the day. Yeah. But Gascoigne and, and, and Loudrup were world class. So they even a step ahead of Durant and McCoy to her? Uh, I think, yeah. I, I think what they could have done uh, and what they did do in, in terms, I just think, look, Coisty was, was incredible. Mark Haitley at that time, well, I think that was a, yeah, an unbelievable strike partnership, wasn't it? When you mm. look at combinations, um, Durant was phenomenal. Uh, but Gazza and Loudrup were, were players that could just single-handedly win a game by themselves mm. uh, and I think when you have that, when you have that exceptional talent um, they did stuff in training that you just think wow ah uh, yeah I mean like that, that was a good thing is we, we, we see it all the time because yeah. we're training against these players so we know what they're capable of 
when they used to do it to the opponents at the weekend, they used to make, you just shake your head, go, I don't know how many times I've seen that before. No, no, but no. they don't have the, the advantage as, as, as us, you know, where every day you've seen what type of player is. But Gaza was one of, one of those ones where you'd be like, give me the ball, right? He's got a simple pass. He didn't want to do that. He'd wait five or ten seconds, mate. He'd wait until you try and come to win the yeah. ball at me. <clears throat> Have a little bit of fun with you, twist, turn, that, 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 and then play the ball that he could have played ten seconds ago. <laughs> he was, he was just that good. And, a t- and, a t- and he was that good, you know. Yeah. Uh, you were Tanadice, night when the nine was won. Where does that highlight rank in your career? I look, it, it was a, it was a special night. More, more for, I guess, um, for the, for the football club. I was a young player coming through, so it was great to be involved in that. I know that it was something that um, would be talked about for, for many, many years. Um, it was just, it was like I said, it was just great to great to be involved. More because of what it meant to to the fans. Yeah. You know, we 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 all get, you know, not we all, but when you get that opportunity to play for uh, for a football club, uh, I think at times we don't really um, let the fans know how important they are to the to the team, uh, and and to to know how important it was to to the fans of the football club, to everybody involved in the football club, um, and to be a part of it was was pretty special. And Loudrop scored ahead of that day, so it was it that was, was special. <laughs> it was special, <laughs> and it was, a, it was a Charlie Miller cross as well. So. Wait, wait, do you remember where you went after nine in a row? Was one? Oh man, I, I no, I, I can't. But Bloody. but we probably hit we probably hit many places. <laughs> we, probably, we, we probably hit many places because back then it was it was all about. Um, Working hard uh, and having fun and making sure you enjoyed it as well. That's what I saw. But uh, Richard Goff leaves. You must think, right, I'm going to be Rangers centre-half now. Um, not re- told that not, uh, not really. Not really. Because I, that one that I forgot is Jockey Bjorklund also oh, coming. Oh, you can be... Uh, uh, Bjorklund, yeah. Anderson. So he was... He coming. Look, when you're a young player coming through at a, at a club and you have a club that continually sign players and they spend money to sign those players, you know that it's very difficult to go and cement your position um, as a starting 11 player. So, you know, after after we, we, we didn't have the success of 10 in a row, yeah, so Walter announced his, um, he, that he was leaving, yeah, yeah. Gascoigne left, Loud, it was kind of like then Avocat come in. Uh, it was the end of an era kind of thing. Uh, and, and at that time I felt, well, I haven't really been a starting 11 player in six years that I've been here. I've, I've worked ever so hard to try and get there. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't look likely that I'm going to get to play as a central defender. So, I kind of sort of like left when everybody else was leaving. Yeah. Um, had the opportunity, fortunately, to to come back, um, but come back then as a as a starting eleven player in a central defence. Would you never go to a manager and say, "Why am I? I want to be a centre half. I want to play centre half." I'd, I'd had all those conversations, you know. Like you, for me as a, as a player, you can't go and knock on the the manager's door unless you're Established. And not even, yeah, you've got to be established. Can't be a young boy in there two weeks and all of a sudden you're knocking on the manager's door saying, mate, why am I not playing? Um, <laughs> you, you got, you've got to earn the respect and you've got to get some runs on the board. Five or six seasons. Um, you know, Walter was, uh, you know, he knew that obviously my best position was a central defender, but at that time, um, there were there were better, did, more experienced did, did players. Did you think they were better than you at that time? No, I got to a stage... Um, Later on, where you know four, five, six years, where I felt as if I, I could have done a job as a, as a central defender, I would have loved to to play to play uh, alongside Goffy. Mm. I think we would have we, we would have done uh, each other well. well and I don't even know whether we did. I, I remember playing as a central defender in one of my few games on the Walter Smith against Hearts at home. Big DeVries uh, was up Mark top. DeVries, uh... Man, he's a big lad. Um, but he never had a sniff that game. And, and we've had that conversation. It was kind of you know. I was I was young. I was I was I was aggressive. I, I went and attacked things in the air. 
um, in terms of building up and all that sort of stuff, getting to people that, that can play. Right, because, right. you know, back four, you look to make sure that you're organised and you, you build a platform. But we've got players that can go and score goals. Nah, you're not there to score goals, man. I, I wasn't, no. no. <laughs> uh, tell me, no, why do you think it never happened? Um, got asked this the other day. I believe that... Um, that, that through the just through the media, the announcement Walter announcing that he was leaving early, losing Gascoigne. Um, I think Loudrip went to Chelsea on a free at the end of the year, but the news had broke earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just think that it, all the media just became uh, a bit not too much of the players because we've been through so much, but at some stage, obviously, it has an impact, uh, and, and, and clearly, this season, it, um, it, for me, it had, it had an impact. I, I guess looking back. You know, whatever business uh, that was going to be done, if that could have been done at the end of the season, mm. um, who knows? Was that a tough place to be that year? Yeah, it's, it, it's always a tough place. Even when you're winning, it's a tough place. But obviously, um, you know, knowing that, that history's on the line and um, and we were, I think, 10, 12 points clear at, mm. at, at Christmas. So, so to kind of... To, to go on and, and my memory in terms of how we lost it is not is, is not unbelievable but to, to be in that kind of position and to, to lose it certainly uh, we, we didn't finish the back end of the season well did we? No too many beers ah. No, nah, I'm kidding yeah. uh, Right so Dick, Dick Advocate as you say yeah. initial impressions did you, did you think he liked you at first? I, um, I, I knew that he liked us at first before I left because he made a, a late play to try and keep us um, but at that time, I think, you know, again, Colin Hendry had come in. I think the chairman had signed, David Murray had signed Colin Hendry. I kind of just made up my mind. I was 23. Went to Crystal Palace, Terry Venables, who I'd worked with with the oh, national team. Oh, legend, Terry yeah, Venables. You know, LTL. Um, so I, I had the experience to work with him with the national team, so I knew what a wonderful coach he was. To have the opportunity to go and work with him at Crystal Palace, I go, now's probably the right time. Uh, so, But I knew that, that, that Dick Avocat was um, keen in terms of he liked what he's seen in the, in the short period. Things went tits up at, uh, at Palace financially. I think the, the owner at the time, Mark Goldberg, who was a fan, um, really nice man, uh, but financially they were struggling. Um, so I had the, the opportunity to, to come back to Rangers. Uh, what, uh, Terry Venables, what, what makes him so good? Does he like a sunbed? Oh, he, he loved a lot of things, I'm sure. Does he like a beer as well, Terry? Huh? He was more. He, I don't think he was. Red wine or something. He'd be, he'd be drinking the, the finest wine yeah. and, and the cigar. And, right, and what he's, sort of manager? He's not a coach, is he? No, he's an unbelievable coach. Is he? He's an unbelievable coach. He's brilliant. He, on he, the he, training ground, does he, mate? He's brilliant on the training ground. That's what he's all about. In my opinion, that's what he's all about. Right? Because my experience of working with him is like he could break down any part of the game. Um, you know, I remember even at Crystal Palace and, you know, sometimes as a defender, you, 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 you maybe lunge a little bit and he'd come down and he'd break it down. He goes, well, why are you lunging? Um, so now, can you actually move again if you need to move again? No, you can't. Can you say? So he, he was detailed. Right. He was unbelievable coaching in, in, ev in every area. Also a fantastic manager because he was a good person. You know, yeah. he's a great person. He had that ability to connect with people. Um, but if anybody thinks that, that, that he wasn't a coach, oh, he was... I thought he would just be like a figurehead and he would have coaches around the nah, I thought he was just a personality now. Loved to coach. Did he? Brilliant. And, and, and brilliant at it. Right, going back to Rangers, what was the mindset going back? Were you know, was it still Dick Advocate then? Yes. So, yes. Uh, was he, not easy. Um, I know the club inside out. Got an, uh, a fair idea of what the manager's like already because uh, I, I had a, uh, a period of time where you were there. Um, you still speaking to other players that were there as well? Yeah, yeah, of course, you know. Um, so 
I knew exactly what I was going, going back to. Uh, I, I know that it can be hard a second time round to go back and, and have an impact at a club. But at the same time, I felt that, that I certainly um, could make that impact because I didn't see my first six years at, at the football club as a, as a huge success personally because I never established myself as a starting 11 player. Mm. So, was there a conversation with Dick Advocate before you went back saying, listen, if I come back here, I need to play? Nah. I, I, never be that type? Nah. No, you don't. If, if a club are, are, are signing you and they're looking to bring you back, you start at 100%. Yeah. What you lose is down to you. You know, yeah. Normally they're not signing you to, to sit you in the stand or sit you in the bench. Mm-hmm. What uh, was pre-season like when you went back? Pretty tough under Dick. No, his pre-seasons were, his pre-seasons were quality. Huh? Right, because they were, um, they weren't running to your to your vomit. I remember one one free season, and we, I think we went to Holland, um, and it was all times, you know, it was all times. And I remember, I remember Mo Mo Ross and, and Fernando Rickson, God bless him, um, and Dick Avocat saying, "Slow down, slow down, mate. I've, I've got you getting in ten seconds later than what like. Slow down. When I want you to go faster, I'll let you know that I want you to go faster. So just." It just would seem one of those pre-seasons, probably one of my best pre-seasons where you've got a real gradual build-up. Games come earlier in right. the pre-season uh, because they were more about, uh, you know, football and... Match fitness. Uh, yeah, and I mean, what you know, you can run all day and all that sort of stuff, but you need to get the, the, the match movements and the, and, and the game kind of mentality and, and all that sort of stuff. So already within 10 days, you're playing games. Yeah. And, and, That's and what you wanted to play. Players, play, yeah. players love that, eh? Of course, I mean, you don't get. We, we all know that the, the more. I'm usually sitting watching them, but I do enjoy being involved in it. Yeah, but I mean, that's just, you know, it's like when when you see coaches that, that, that kind of rip the ass out of a training session. Stop, start, stop, start. Like for a player, you just want to get a bit. You, you want you want to play. Yeah, you want to play. So to to have a preseason where we we started playing games early, and you got a coach telling you to slow down. Uh, in the early parts of pre-season, I'm like, oh, you're laughing at you. So did he give you that conversation, as you say, when you were in his trust? Did he let you know that you were his man? He did, but when I talk about the trust, so I don't know whether you're going to lead to the question. He, he took me off took me off in one game we played. I think it was the first game of the season against Kilmarnock at home. Uh, I made a mistake. Ball was coming in. I thought it was going to bounce at a level where I could kind of head it clear. It didn't bounce to where I think it was going to bounce. I didn't hit it. I didn't volley it. I kind of didn't do anything with it. Ends up, back stick, cut back, goal. Um, he took us off after 23 minutes. Did he? We even got that in here. <laughs> off you come, son. Oh, my God. Are you like, fuming? Oh, I'm not f- You're disappointed, eh? You're disappointed thinking, yeah, I made a mistake. I know I made a mistake, but I can bounce back. Uh, so I think this was the start of the season because we were playing. It might have been Beta Jerusalem or something like that. We had a European qualifier. Uh, not 100% sure who. Pulls me in on Monday um, and says, if that's what you're going to give me, he says, then I'm going to go out and sign a, another central defender because that's nowhere near good enough. And I'm thinking, okay, no. And I go, no problem. I says, um, you go sign another central defender. I says, but just to let you know, I'll be the one that's playing. And he goes, yes. and he goes, that's what I wanted to hear. And that was a moment where... A we test for you, Hank. Certainly a test. Um, but it was a moment where I think that we we uh, we built that trust, uh, and all of a sudden I believed that I went on to to play my best football. Brilliant! Uh, it was a new look Rangers team. How good were some of their players? Newman, guys like that, top players. Top class, yeah. Had Newman on as well. What a guy! Yeah. Ah, mate, was he not singing? Uh, no, he wasn't singing, but he was telling uh, us. But he, he didn't drink before he came to Glasgow, and after it, he was. Mate, he was king. He was king. <laughs> David, David Bowie lookalike. Uh, <laughs> mate, he was a rascal. Uh, He's after, a legend. Ah, uh, mate, top top man. 
unbelievable footballer. Unbelievable footballer. But he, he was great in the dressing room uh, because he, he, you know, he made fun of himself. He could enjoy himself. Uh, he had pedigree. Uh, but you look at the likes of, you know, Arthur, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Mikey Moles before he picked up the, the, the ACL injury was was unbelievable. That would be could, could, used to do. Ah, mate, it was... Did he do you in training that a few times? Oh, of course, but but then I realised yeah, then, then realize you just stand on his right shoulder and, and, and you're okay. You're okay because <laughs> he'll never get by you that way. Why, because he wasn't the quickest? He wasn't the quickest, yeah. so you'd, you'd always get a chance to get back. Right. But if you get caught on the left shoulder, mate, forget about it. Um, but it was great for us because, again, we seen it every day. And if you could get the ball to Mikey Moles up top, you knew that nine times out of ten he was actually beating his central defender and you're getting two V1s and, and goals. Yeah. Uh, so, no, he was, he was brilliant. But you, you look at the players then. So, like it says, Giovanni's. I mean, big George Alberts was at the back end. You had two guys that come in. You got Claudio. Oh, two guys, mate. Don't Cla- even get me fucked up. Claudio Reyna. Rodney Wallace was unbelievable. We had Konchelskis there who was, who was, who was led. What was Konchelskis like? Ah, uh, mate, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Again, he come with... Um, you know, he could have come being a right... Snobby bastard, yeah. you know, come from uh, top clubs, had an unbelievable profile. Mate, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And, and, he, and he gave us, like, um, you know, I guess so, so much in terms of that, that ability just to... It was an out ball. Yeah, just give him the body. Mate, it was an out ball because defenders hated seeing Conchelsis having the ball and, and, and being five yards off him. Yeah. Um, what know, about Neil McCann as well. Oh, Neil, the McCann. Side. Neil McCann's a fiery guy, isn't he? Oh, he doesn't want a scrap. No, he man. So... Uh, uh, would that team be cause see, see like the top players the foreign players the Dutch players yeah. could they be up for a scrap team as well ah, that took a little bit more for them to get to get going to, to, to get going and that sort of stuff we normally had a few more that would be jumping in before so who would McCann usually have it when training um, the big man uh, not the big man we said he had to be separated once from Big Ammo I, I think it was at Easter. East, That's East, like a Jack Russell Easter attacking an so, there was a little treat, a little, tra- a little treatment <laughs> table and that sort of stuff and I think the first half hadn't gone the way we'd have liked and, and, and Ammo had sent something and the wee man's flying across the, the, the treatment table and all sort of stuff trying to grab uh, Lorenzo. I mean, but again, the, the great thing was that then that motivated us to go on and, and do a job and more importantly, the next day, there was never anything that carried on. No. It was just, mate, because we wanted to win, the, we knew that the energy was coming from the right place but at the same time, that meant at times we, we, we did have disagreements and arguments and people flying across tables and, and people separating each other top club mate top players that's what happens isn't it? Nah, I think so uh, winning the league in your first year well, some, winning the league in your first year back how good was that obviously maybe <clears throat> thought your Rangers career was done come back and you win the league in your first year playing uh, a pivotal part yeah no nah, look it was again just just unbelievable to come back and, and kind of feel as if um, you know now as a, as a starting 11 player playing as a central defender trying to Trying to also, there was a there was a part of me that I wanted to prove to the Rangers fans that that, that I was a good player. Um, I don't think that they seen um, the, the the best of me because the young player honeymoon period and all of a sudden now um, playing out of position and maybe not being fantastic in in their eyes. I know there were <laughs> cer- certain times where um, you know I, I had a really tough spell and to try and come through that and that, that was you know a 12, 15 month spell. But coming back, winning a league feeling as if you've really uh, contributed to that to that league uh, success uh, was a really good feeling. See, when you're saying that, when you played second half, that, that you played the 39 games or something that season, mm. I remember watching you as a kid thinking, some of the tackles, man. <laughs> was that always your mindset? I need to hit the striker early doors? <laughs> no, nah, not, not really. But again, like, 
I played with players like a, a, a Frank a Frank De Boer, for example, where Frank maybe didn't want to go and win that header. He'd like to be smart and say, well, okay, there's not a, a runner off that. Let him flick it on. And I get that. I get that. I get that. But I liked the, um, that, that battle, that contest. And if I could go and, yeah, I can let it go or I can flick it on or whatever. But if you go and dominate and, and show early doors, for me, it's, it just kind of sets a tone for the match. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, so you mark your striker's card, um, but the positive impact that that can then have on, on even your, the crowd, and crowd your players to, to, to go on and, uh, and, and, and play at a level. Because if you don't start matches, it's very hard to then yeah. get, get going, you know. So it's, it's about, you know, starting well. And again, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what I tried to do. Uh, Who was your best battles? I, I say Larson. I say Larson, you know, I, I, and, and that's because for me, he was, he was a fantastic footballer. Um, you know, he, he scored goals at, 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 every, at every level. Yeah. Um, and he was certainly one that, um, you know, we enjoyed good battles. Certain battles I won, certain battles he won. Uh, but I was always on my toes because I felt that he could always punish you, you know. That he had that little bit of cunningness, that, um, you know, where he's not interested and let you build up, but he's interested. He's waiting, yeah. and he just he, he just sniffed out opportunity. Uh, great finisher. He was he was a great player, and I, I think those th- those battles were were, were were games that I enjoyed. Um, you know, Hartson and Sutton. They were, I mean, they, they were verbal. Yeah, no. To be fair, Hartson Hartson wasn't, but again, I, I, I like the way that the big man played because he was old school. So yeah. of course he's going to catch you. Um, but at the same time, if, if if he gets caught, he doesn't say a word. No, he's fine. Um, so you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna get stuck in and you're gonna give it, then you got you got to take it. Sati was was probably a little bit, mate, but he's not changed. What sort of stuff would you say here? Ah, Big no, time shows. No, I remember Sati. I remember Sati. I, I kind of I think I caught him one of the old firm games. I kind of caught him a little bit from behind, and he's kind of you know he's giving me that one. He says, "Oh, that's brave there, catching me from behind." One of those ones. <laughs> And I go, mate, get the ball face me. I'll hit your front on, side on. From the <laughs> mate, and, la- and about five minutes later, the ball's popped up in the air and I can see that he's still, his eyes are rolling. He's trying to catch us with an elbow, get a yellow card. Um, but again, that's just, part that's, that's part and parcel. No, we weren't going out to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's certain battles that happen on the field as well. But Larson was, uh, I really enjoyed my challenges. And, and the reason I say that is because he was such a, a class player and you want to test yourself against the best. top quality we had Amaris on as I say who felt certain elements advocates yes management led to declining form would you go along with that maybe he thought he was a bit too strict the phones and the eating together and but again that kind of that happens at the beginning uh, in terms of somebody wants to set their stamp on, 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 on the expectation I felt that as time went on, that that then it slackens off, off a little bit. Him. I mean, but there there was one. I mean, one situation. I remember we were going to Florida for preseason, so I think it was that mid break here. Yeah? Ian Ferguson was in Florida, right? Right. Um, and Fergie's like contacted Dick Avocat, says, "Look, you know, obviously I'm in Florida holiday and all that sort of stuff. Where do I catch up? Where are we going to be going? Where are we staying? Blah blah blah." And Dick Avocat goes, "No, no, no, you must fly back to Glasgow." And then fly with the team back to Florida. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so there was a kind of oh, idea. Just like meet the team, oh man. mate! So and how, then, how did Ian Ferguson react? Ah, he was fuming. He was fuming. <laughs> he was like, "Get me on!" It doesn't make any sense, but 
that was in the in the, the early part. So that was that was Dick making his statement in terms of what what he was looking at. But that that kind of faded over time. Lorenzo, I've seen bits and pieces, obviously, you know, with the captaincy and stuff like that. So he'll have different things. But again, he didn't present within the football club um, in any other way than, than professional, how he felt when he went home. Yeah. Obviously, somebody else was probably getting their, um, you know, their attitude about how, how he was feeling. But um, he certainly never let himself down at any stage. See, only in Ferguson, Newman told us that <laughs> after a game, Ferguson's like, I don't care how many fucking World Cups you've won. This is certainly the Rangers, you need to get your finger in it. Ah, that was, that, was normal for, that was normal for Fergie, you know. And, and, and again, somebody that, that um, you know, has such a connection with the football club, um, Who'd been? You know, I think Fergie's one of the ones that's won every single medal in that nine in a row period. Right, mate. Whether whether he was playing, whether he wasn't playing, he made sure that everybody knew exactly what they were playing for, yeah. uh, and that was something that uh, Fergie would come out with regular. Yeah, this is this this game means more than anything that you'll ever be involved in. You go out there and fucking do the job. Yeah, uh, Celtic and Rangers games especially. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get a little bit fired up for those ones. <laughs> Just look at your face thinking of some of the shit you used to say. Ah. <laughs> uh, you've said about Advocat, but why did you play so few times in the 2000-2001 season? For Advocat? Mm-hmm. I picked up an injury. Was that... Look, when I didn't play under Advocat, I was injured. I was out, I was out forever with my knee, to be fair. Um, uh, I had three, three knee operations in the space of seven months. Right. So that would have been in that... I think actually I got the we were playing Celtic it was that wild night um, uh, and, I, and I had a there was a tackle with Mark Viduka um, and I've seen the tackle again um, and, I, and I have this you could see I've, I've got a wince of pain and I actually done my knee in that tackle in that game so I ended up I had a massive cleavage tear which um, they didn't realise until the third operation but at that stage cleavage tear? I was a massive cleavage team, well, not, 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 not cleavage, but massive. <laughs> right. And uh, so I ended up going back to Australia to, to, to get that sorted out because I, I wasn't having the success that I wanted here. Um, so I went back to Australia, um, but I was out, I was out uh, in, in the end about 12 months with that. So that probably was why I was right, playing, playing right ahead. See, just on, you said mentioned Viduka there. Yes. Uh, he's an enigma. What, what kind of guy is he? He's different. He's different for sure. He's probably right now. He's in. He's in Croatia in Zagreb. Uh, a cigar on his yacht, oh, uh, probably. That. But the big man, the big man's a type where, like I said, mate, you got you got to check his pulse to see if he's alive. He's <laughs> he's that laid back. Another another nickname that I heard that he had back in the day, and this this might have been more to do with the Celtic the, the Celtic group rather than us. But he had the nickname of uh, the old Hoover. Why? A bit slow to pick things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tremendous. Uh, then Alex McLeish comes in, taking over. Yeah. Was that, did the club need somebody like Alec McLeish to come in after Advocate? Uh, well, at the time, remember, McLeish took the job and, and Advocate was kind of staying as a director of football, football kind of thing. That didn't last very long. And I don't know whether it was because of... I don't know. You know, sometimes when the, 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 the ex-manager goes upstairs and looking over a new manager come, coming in, I can understand why it probably was a little bit awkward. Um, McLeish coming, coming in, obviously we all knew of, of Alex and, and, and the good job uh, good jobs that, that he'd previously done. I mean, he was with Motherwell and Hibs, I believe. Hibs, yeah. Um, what did he change? What did Alan Cleese change? So such a quick improvement. <sighs> what is he, a ma- more man manager than Dick Hadvocat, maybe? No, I think like a, a, sometimes just that, that, that freshness, you know. Um, all of a sudden, new players that maybe hadn't um, had an opportunity, have got an opportunity. There's a sense of uh, a clean slate. Everyone's um, lively again. Um, just that, that's... It just happens naturally, you know. Yeah. Sometimes Alex come in, like I says, with with unbelievable knowledge of 
of the football club, of the league, um, type of players that he wanted to bring. Um, and when you come into a big club, even as a manager, you've got, you know, you've got to be successful. And, mm. and he hit the ground running, uh, yeah. for sure. But you started in the 3-2 Scottish Cup final on over 30. What yes. are your memories? You must remember uh, that game. Uh, do oh, your memories? Uh, I remember remember this that. one. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. Well, I played that game. <laughs> I don't remember the games that I'm playing. Um, no, nah, look, I remember that game. I remember um, that we were, we, we were chasing the game. But I remember a moment in this game, actually, where I think we were 2-1 down. Um, and is it Didier Gat and uh, Neil McCann? There was just this. There was just this battle. That's kind of you know. Didier was one of those ones that he, he, he travelled well with the ball, and you know he travelled thirty yards, and, and, and Neil McCann had matched him yard for yard, and we and, and ended up winning the ball, and then the momentum kind of. And I, I just felt as a player going. By the way, this is this is a turning point. Mm. We, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go on and, and and get back into this game. At this stage, you're not thinking about winning the game because you're thinking equaliser. Extra time, Very whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barry, is that, that Barry scored the, the free kick? Uh, was it Barry or Barry yeah. scored the free kick? Yeah, Barry scored the free kick. He scored the equaliser and I think he, uh, maybe the goalkeeper was trying to be a little bit too clever. Give him all McCoy. I don't guess. Nice. Don't guess. Yeah. Just stay if it's so Barry's giving him that one. I remember I remember chasing Barry down thinking, yes, but you're a dancer. We, we, we're riding this. And, and again, the feeling from that, we're going to go and win this football match. You could see that they were they were hanging, yeah. they were hanging. Their legs had gone, their mind had gone, and we just had this this huge lift. But I put it down to to Neil McCann, um, and I believe he also delivered the the cross maybe for Lovenkranz to score the winner. Well done, yeah. So so, so I didn't Neil McCann. Teddy McCann was brilliant. Wow. Sometimes you just have one action, one moment in a game of football that, that changes can, it, that can turn things. Up until then, of course, it's it, it's you know it's contested. You're, you're fighting, and, and but just this moment, I believe, changed the match. I think Mo Ross started that game as well. He did. He, he was he on did. here. I don't know if you know, but you are Mo Ross's hero, by the way. Ah, good on, good on you, Mo. Yeah. That money I gave him you. back in the day helped, eh? <laughs> but you, he's, a, he's an intense character, Monty. He loves his football. My loves it. Loves we used to be ones that would be at it with each other constantly. I mean, Mo, like, uh, again, I kind of, with Mo, know the, the younger player coming through, I'd kind of been that player try to help him and, and encourage him to go on and do bigger and better things. Um, there, there was times, obviously, that um, you know, we, would have, we would have debates. And, 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 and what I love about Mo is he loves a debate yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> but you know what? He was, he was one of those ones that... Um, unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable athlete. He, he, he probably put himself down, um, uh, in my opinion, a little bit too much because I feel as if he had... Um, you know, great qualities, but he, he kind of a little bit maybe a, a confidence thing with, yeah. within himself um, because you don't look, you don't play for Rangers the amount of times that Maurice Ross played for Rangers if you're a bad player. Mm. Um, so, you know, what he delivered uh, for the time that he did deliver was, was first class. Um, intense in terms of, he, he, love, he loves football and I've kind of followed uh, and we, 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 we stay in contact to, to this day. His pathway we touched on was a little bit different to the yeah. norm in terms of getting into the coaching side of things and where he's been. Um, that would be a top coach by then I've heard and I've seen him like I said I went out and watched uh, Motherwell train the other day um, he invited us out there which was, which was good of him um, and it's good to see these boys you know do well the coaching's not for everybody yeah. I mean I, I've got no interest in it um, but it's good when you see the ones that um, you know are kind of just follow on that journey and I'm sure there's bigger and better things to come right I need to ask you about the celebrations and also Bob Markham's taught us about the Bodwell drinking skill Bodwell well, what was we, it, a minivan you said? Oh, no, no. We, I think Honda used to... Um, this was a 2002, 2002, 2003, the year that we won the treble. 
Um, myself, Kevin Musket, Bob Malcolm, Barry Ferguson, Stevie Hughes. Uh, we were sponsored by Honda, I think. So we had the the, the, the shuttle bus. Okay. So designated driver every day. Um, but because there was five of us, on the way home for training, we used to call it Shandy Run, Shandy Time. <laughs> I love it. So we used to, we used to stop at a pub in Uddingston, um, Bar 48, it was called. Um, well, that's if the vote went to, to stop. So, so I'd always go to a vote? I have to go to a vote. I have to go to a vote. So what, <laughs> the art of it was, if you were desperate to get home, just keep your mouth shut. Because as soon as I knew that you were desperate to get home, Mate, when I went to a vote, we, we, we just rigged the vote to make sure it was 3-2. In you go, in you go, you have to have a shandy. But, but it was, for me, it was just like, again, it wasn't going in having 10 points. It was going in having a shandy, sitting about, talking football, team bonding. Um, and, and, and for me, it was, it was unbelievable. There were the days. We did used to stop every now and then driving to the training ground. I think, is it we go by Spears Wharf? Right. Oh, Bobby Malcolm loved the little spot there. He used to stop and be sick there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to training? On, on the way, on the way back. What kind of guy? We had Bob Malcolm on. He's a funny boy, isn't he? Ah, uh, no, he's brilliant. He's, um, again, a really, really good friend of mine. I, I find him very, very reliable. Um, mate, he, he's ruthless. He smashes you at every opportunity. Uh, but, just, no, just a, just a great guy. I've seen him early doors when I come back and... He come out and made a nice visit in his ice cream van. Did he come in the van, did he? Mate, he come in the van. <laughs> he, he loves it, he, didn't he? He, he? he put the music on for us. He gave the boy a couple of bottles of iron brew. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, man. So you said that five, who else in that team was good for a, for a social one? Um, Newman. I, I, yeah, Newman. Newman loved, uh, loved it. What did Newman time. like? A nightclub? Mike, Mike, Mikey Moles. Did he, right? They, yeah, the boys liked to go out. Um, again, they weren't... They weren't big drinkers and all that sort of stuff but uh, you know we had a, a game every squad I was involved with we had 10, 12 players that, that, that bonded a lot that were out regularly um, would you would you want that to happen to? would you make that happen I, I, look again team building yeah. team building might be different today I'm sure it is uh, but you know back in, in, in those days it was kind of it was kind of common and, and the, the team were together they enjoyed um, good times you get to know each other know each, know each other's families and all that sort of stuff and, and I think that that then delivers a, a, a better workplace where you can go on and perform but um, at the same time we, we, we knew the line yeah we knew the line you can't um, and it's similar to back in the day like you said if you couldn't do it in training then well see back then we were the majority like nowadays if you're doing what was being done back in the day you're, you're the minority and you you stand out yeah you stand out you can't you can't do it like nowadays as well, we didn't have the, the, the social media uh, as much, you know. Like, uh, if you're going to take any abuse, you take it on the radio. Now, yeah. Nowadays, it's, you know, people have got their phones and there's, there's, there's pictures. And, uh, mate, we, we could have oh, been all sorts of trouble. Oh, it'd be terrible. Oh. Now, but see, when you said it, would fans ever come and join in me? Or would, would, would yeah, you just get left like, on? Nah, loads, loads. Like, uh, for me, again, and, and uh, I, I felt that I always had a decent relationship with people uh, in Glasgow in particular, and whether they were Rangers uh, supporters, Celtic supporters, like, for me, you, you, you go out, you're not looking to, to cause any uh, any grief. You're going out to have a good time. Um, used to love talking about football um, and, and, and things in general. And you know, I could be I could be at the bar at the end of the night having a beer with a, with a Celtic fan. Could you? Uh, for me, it was no problem. Of course, there's there's a time and a place, and sometimes the environment uh, can be a little bit hostile or whatever. You don't find yourself in those situations yeah. uh, because you know bad things can happen. But my my experiences in general. 
um, were, were really, really good. A beer's a beer, mate. Have a beer with anyone. My, again, if, if you come to Scotland and you're, um, you don't come as a, a Rangers supporter or a Celtic supporter, I only hear people say, by the way, what an unbelievable place Scotland is and how brilliant the Scottish people are and the banter and they can't do enough for you. That's, that's what I like about the place. Right. A few of your teammates that we've had on have taught us about the celebrations after winning the league. You still had the final the weekend after. Did it go on for what's your version of events? I think Bob Mount was it in Bovell and some was it your missus that came in to, to get messy, you to the pub? Messy week. Messy week. <laughs> messy, messy, messy week. Messy week. How what? did it start? Oh, well, we started with a few beers, obviously. Uh, but the what, what it was is so like we were I was in Hamilton at the time. I was living in Hamilton, so we used to drink we used to drink it. Addingston was my, my go to, yeah, because the bar forty eight it was it was an old man's pub, knew everybody, it wasn't about football. So that, that, was, that was a good pub for us, you know, because you could go in and switch off and have a couple of beers and, and, and relax and um, no stress. But Bothwell and Uddingston, there was, there was a few different pubs and all that sort of stuff. So this was after we kind of uh, had, had won the league, leading into the – this is early on in the week. It was a Monday, in fact, leading into the cup final. Uh, and, and I've said to the boys, listen, every 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops, we've got to move to the next pub. It's like a pub crawl here. We've got to move to the next pub. Not because it was a pub crawl, because I go, the girls are going to come looking at some stage. The girls are coming, mate. They're coming. I don't know when. I don't know when, but they're, they're, they're coming at some stage. So we've got to stay on the move. <laughs> right, right, so, we, so we had them going virtually the whole day. Yeah? And eventually, eventually we get caught. I, I think it was in the, the Campbell vaults. I think, oh, what a boozer, the camp Ah, oh, it's good, eh? Great boozer. Uh, my missus, uh, I think, she was with, with uh, Fergie's missus, with Margaret. And I think she caught, or she's seen one of, one of uh, Fergie's mates out having a sausage supper or, or something like that. And she goes, right, we've got them. We know where they are. <laughs> Comes into the camp vaults. Oh, um, like there was a few different exits and entries and all that sort of stuff, mate. So you can see boys, as soon as my missus come in, Mate, they're jumping out of all sorts, mate. All of a sudden, there's taxis ordered. They're flying out. Um, I was told to finish my point and I had to go home. Yeah, but uh, so I, I, I done, I done the right thing. But dad the, of the year, mate. You're dad of the year. The girls come in with some head of steam, though. By the way, but with an agent. Oh my god! But they were like I said, they were, they were, they must have been two or three hours, mate. Jump from place to place. So the, so the plan was, the plan was a good plan one. Um, it worked for a little bit longer than what I thought, but eventually we got reeled in. Did you feel rough at the, in, the, in the final? I think who said, somebody said they felt really oh, rough. Mate, by the way, because it, um, it was a tough final. Dundee, well. wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. a tough final as well. And it was kind of, a few of our, a few of our players were dropping and cramping. Yeah, was, and I'm thinking, oh my God, if, <laughs> if this goes to extra time, we could be, <laughs> we could be in trouble. Imagine doing the treble on that. Oh, man. But, <laughs> did but, Big ever fight? Did he ever know about it now? Nah? I think he knew a little bit about that week, yes. And, and he was he bothered now? Nah? Nah, nah, he was really bothered. Was he? Yeah, he was really bothered. Did you get a bit off him? Plenty. Yeah. Plenty, plenty, yeah. Back then, because uh, the Monday had come on a sponsor's night, and to be fair, we didn't turn up. We didn't turn up in great order. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was a few fines flung about for that. And uh, worth, it, worth the thing. Yeah, we we done the wrong thing and 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 we we were punished and 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 took our medicine and then yeah. like I says to to go on and win the, win the treble. It's kind of just it was one of those years, yeah. It was like you know shandy time, uh, winning the treble that last week leading in. Um, probably not not um, what you tell the younger players now, <laughs> but again, like I said, it's different. It's a thing, mate. Isn't it? Different generation, uh-huh. mate. It doesn't make us bad people. Uh, then you get made asked to be the Rangers captain. Yes, you remember the day. 
Uh, do I remember the actual day? Uh, nah, look, uh, for me, it was um, I'd been at the club a long time. I uh, had the opportunity to, to, to captain the club, uh, which I was I was un- unbelievably honoured, uh, you know, especially coming from Australia and kind of really been treated as a local, yeah. I've been, yeah. been at the club a, a long time. My, my, my one regret, regret uh, in terms of my time uh, as a captain is I never lifted a trophy as a captain. That's a nice question. I think. Ah, see, <laughs> um, and, and and you know that would have that would have been nice. I mean, I, I was in a situation where uh, you know had some success and uh, 11, 12 trophies at the at the club. But I never lifted one as a captain, so that's something that I would have loved to have done. Um, it, it never happened, and kind of probably then led not not that particular not, not lifting a trophy as a captain, but the the back end. Obviously, there's a there's a few talking points that I'm sure you're, you're yeah. going to get to. Um, see, when you were made captain, like, do you ever think back to the times where you told your dad, I don't want to go to I'm going to go play for a, an amateur team in Australia instead? Do you ever think back to these sort of... I, I think, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of think of, uh, about um, more the progress that, you, that, that you've made and how, you know, how, how it could have been different, um, but more about just, just, just pride, you know, because... Um, we've got a great platform now as footballs and that sort of stuff, uh, but... The, it doesn't mean that it's easier to get there to become a professional. You know, you know, you know yeah. that. So you know when you get there and, and, and to, to have the opportunity to to captain such a such a great football club, it was it was a huge honour and something that um, you know I, I kind of look back now with with uh, extremely fond memories. Just the one thing for me, and again maybe that's just because you're that competitor yeah. is is you never lifted you never lifted. You don't a trophy. Like good lifting a trophy, big man. No, nah, probably, pro- probably not. Nah, I didn't yeah. see grey beard now. As I always well. thought you were like an ugly bastard when I was younger, but you're you're handsome. Aren't you? uh, I don't know about that, it's, <laughs> mate. It's the first time that's ever been, mate. We'll, yeah. do, we'll do this again. You're like Daniel Craig or something. Yeah, Daniel Craig, oh, nice, looking nice. well. Uh, right, Olympics. Olympics yes. were cut up in two thousand and four. You were selecting the squad. You missed the start of Rangers season. Yes. You warned not to go. Yes. What are you? Yes. Yes. Um, by who? By Alex McLeish. And did you, how did you take to that? I said that I'm going to the Olympic Games. Um, and, and look, the, the, so there's a couple of things with this. I mean, a lot of respect for Alex McLeish. Still get on great with him. Still chat now. Um, kind of, you, you have a feeling when you're coming to the end of your time at a football club. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'd Rangers had, had agreed that they would sell me already prior to this. And did they? This is going to be, did they know that you knew that? You know, they, of course, they because they would communicated that to my agent. That you know, if 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 if, if an offer comes in for 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 Craig Moore, he can move. Did you say why? No, they didn't say why. They didn't say why. But again, like that's sometimes it's football business as well. You've been somewhere for long enough. If you can chase the transfer fee, uh, knock knock yourself out. So Olympics. I missed the Olympic Games in 1996 because I broke my foot against Celtic. So I missed uh, I missed the Olympic Games as an underage, which is a, the right age group, under 23s. Right. And for me, the Olympic Games is once in a lifetime. It's kind of it's it's a little bit different over here, although they do now have, a, I believe, a football team in the Olympics, yeah, UK. TV, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but for me, like growing up in Australia, it's you know, to represent your country to go to the Olympic Games. That's how it's kind of the country is is, is built. Um and, and, and that's what that's what athletes strive strive for. Dream. So I missed it. I missed it. Um and I missed it where I believe again I I, I broke my, my foot fifth metatarsal and they waited and I understand because I was young they waited for it to heal. But because it didn't it never healed, they ended up then pinning it. 
So I was out six months. I should have been out two months. Right. Anyway. Um, opportunity. Daft, daft bastard to her. Daft bastards. <laughs> opportunity then comes in 2004. And I'm coming to, I'm coming to what I know is already the end of the football club. So I'm not, I'm not missing this. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Frank Farina, who was a coach, has, has brought myself, John Aloisi and Tim Cahill as overage players. I go, I want to, I want to be part of that. Alex McLeish phoned us and said, look, Oz, we need you for these qualifiers. We don't want you going to the Olympic Games. And I, and I was like, yeah, I understand, Alex, but this is kind of where my headspace is at and reason why I want to go. And I know that we're kind of, you know, potentially, I could be sold anyway. Like, mm. so it was, just, it was just all those things. I kind of knew it was coming to the end of my time. I made a decision. I take shit for it today from, from certain supporters and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, I, but I stand by it. It was, it was, for me, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was a, a, a great experience. And um, more importantly, I, I knew that my time was up at the football club. Did and you see so that, that come to it? I know that I'm leaving. So why are you bothered? At the time, yeah. Yeah. And what did he try and play like he never knew? No, nah, not that he never knew, but it's like any manager. He's, he's wanting his best players for the most important game. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have a, expect anything different from, from Alex. Yeah. You know, that was, that, that was normal, but it was just... And what about the captaincy? Did you just take it off you straight away? Pretty much, yeah. And did he say that to you? I'm taking the captaincy away from you. No, it wasn't really something that I'm going to... Because you're doing this, I'm going to take the captaincy off. It was, again, it was just... It was just the next stage of, of what happened. I, it was probably the only time as well I think I had a, um, a disagreement with David Murray because he had big control over the media, big control, especially the papers. Um, and every day, it was, like I wasn't here to kind of defend myself or to give another side of a story. It was kind of like, bang, bang, let's slap on, slap on, slap on, slap on. <laughs> well, and I go, come on. And eventually when I come back, I, I kind of, you know. So did you put it? Nah, I seen him. Uh, we we're at the training ground and kind of had a heated exchange. And you know that one where you get, you feel you you, you still present, uh, but you can feel your your emo your emotional. It's kind of, I was I was disappointed because I'd, I'd spent a long time at the football club and and and, and certainly didn't want to end anything in, in in a bad way. I felt as if I'd given them everything. At the same time, prior to the Olympic Games. They, they'd agreed that um, I could go to Blackburn, sign for Blackburn. I come out of the Olympic Village to, to sign for Blackburn, but I failed a medical. I oh, did you, right? So that was, that was all bef before all that. And no one sees this sort of stuff either, eh? Wow. Do, do you think it was the right decision for Rangers to let you go at that time? <clears throat> um, yeah, it probably was. Why? Because sometimes you, you just you, you come to you come to the end of the road. I know, but playing wise, yeah, no, nah, but again, sometimes there's a there's a there's a period of time where I think somebody's been at a football club. Um, I, I I never ever even in terms of the way they retired, I never be I want, wanted to be that person that's hanging on. Mm, I'm still doing that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can see the nails. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but you know, it's like for me, that's just never been me. I've always wanted to 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 go. Um, leaving Rangers knowing that I could play still um, retiring from international football retiring from football in general after the 2010 World Cup knowing that I still could play but probably here a little bit um, over things mm. um, that was just my preference so why Germany? Dick Avocat no I'll tell you what, yeah, so Dick Avocat was at Mönchengladbach right, right? Um, and, and I failed a medical at Blackburn Right, so I remember saying when I when I failed the medical at Blackburn, I was like, "Please keep this in house. This is like this sort of stuff gets you out for a footballer. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no Don't, chance of getting yeah. the move." So, 
Like, yeah, yeah, of course you will. Um, yeah, of course they didn't. Mate, it was, everyone knew about it. Um, so when, when, when my agent was speaking to any of the clubs in England, mate, he's got a dodgy knee. He's got, I didn't have a dodgy knee. Um, just had to maintain, manage it. Um, yeah. So again, Dick, Dick comes to the rescue and give Bunko. us- Huh? From Dick. Huh? He, he says, uh, oh, I don't know whether Dick actually phoned John or John uh, Viola phoned Dick Avocat. Either way, they said, yeah, no, let, let's look at that. That's something we're interested in. So the idea was to go back and get playing, to show people that I was fit, to get games under my belt. Went into a tough um, to a tough league. Bundesliga is a fantastic league, yeah. great stadiums. Um, Gladbach weren't the Gladbach that they are today. They're flying, flying high. Yeah. We were 17th. We were fourth bottom. So I went... Played 15, 14, 15 games back into the season. It was a relegation dogfight. It's a new experience. Um, didn't improve it because we finished 17th, but we survived. <laughs> uh, but no, great experience. And then uh, there was a time when we kind of were talking about a new two, three-year contract extension. Um, but Dick ended up leaving. And when he left, then um, German trainer come in who was with the the second team come in and I kind of knew that, that then you wouldn't be this, the, the, yeah there the wasn't so you just find line, how tough was it to leave it <coughs> and then no it was it was extremely tough like I said because you know the, the, the amount of time that you spend at the football club your your friends um, the people that you work with at the football club you know mm. from, from everybody at the football club you know the the, the, the girls and the, the people that worked in the kitchen that were looking after you on a daily basis everybody could, couldn't do enough for you so you're very very sad to um to leave like Jimmy Bill, love Jimmy Bill. Go on, give us a Jimmy Bill story. Ah, no, Jimmy was ruthless, mate. He was. What, would he? Would the kit man slaughter players? No, he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't slaughter players. But I tell you what, if he didn't like you, mate, you got zero joy out of him. Really? Ah, oh, but he just bite you in that hair. Mate, he'd give you custard. He'd give you donuts. <laughs> mate, you get nothing. <laughs> Did you, you ever get, get that at the start or not? No, at the start he was a little bit. No, yeah, no, he was a little bit standoffish and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in the end, uh, for me, I don't think I don't think people speak enough about Jimmy Bill. In fact, he never really gets mentioned. No, he's, he's been there forever, and I think um, I think he's been uh, Rangers' best signing by far. <laughs> no, he's just a legend. Legend. Do you ever get a beer with him? No, I don't get a beer with him. I don't get a beer. Does with he socialise with any of the players now? Nah, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He keeps himself. Keeps himself yeah. to himself, but hard worker. Um, always, always, you know, looked after us. Mate, um, I just got, I got on great with him. I think, you know, when I when I come back, like it says, the players come and go. Yeah. But the one constant has always been Jimmy Bill. Yeah. Um, and a few years ago, I remember he's, he, I was trying to get a hold of Koisty and that and all that, um, and I, I couldn't get a hold of him. And Jimmy's like, "Come on, mate, come in, get a coffee and all that sort of stuff." I go, "No, but I don't feel as if." You know, like I've not, I've not got a hold of Koisha, I've not got a hold of Durant, they've not told me to come in. He goes, mate, you're coming in, Oz, come on. That was Jimmy Bill. So he just sat, uh, what was that, in Murray Park? Aye. Uh, uh -huh. Brilliant. Top man. Uh -huh. Right, Newcastle. Graham yes. Souness signed you for, I love Graham Souness, love him on the telly, just tells you as it is. Mate, good, isn't Is he like that as a manager? Yeah, he was. He was. Um, again, he probably wasn't there for, for a lot of the time and he would have been disappointed in me. Um, would he? Uh, because I, I picked up an injury straight away. So, you know, I remember we were working out in the gym and all that sort of stuff and he was he was still ticking over because, you know, he'd had his issues with his heart. Yeah. And I'm in the I'm in the gym trying to get fit after, you know, him signing us and, and, and then me picking up an injury. So, look, it was a really frustrating time for for me. I had the, you know, the opportunity to play in the EPL, which for me was something that I really wanted to do. Um, disappointing thing for me at Newcastle was, again, great football club, great people. Um, soon as got a lot of time for. Um, I just don't feel as if I, I really paid the the people back and the fans back because only fifty percent of the time I was I was fit. 
Did he did he give you a bit like for no being fit? Oh, in, a, in, in his own soonest way. It wasn't. It what wasn't. Soonest, nah, really? It wasn't personal. Like, like, nah, it was just more like you know, like yeah, you're killing me. I'm under pressure. You're like you're you're um, you're not fit. We've signed you. I go, yeah, but we just signed out uh, Luke for eight and a half million. He's he's not fit either. I go, mate, I was a free. <laughs> okay, sure, you should be a little bit more worried about. Nah, but Vasunas was brilliant. We used to have some good chats about Australia. He's very fond of Australia. Um, Ever see him lose it? Not, not at Newcastle. And again, so I, I, I didn't have him. I, I was after his time yeah. at Rangers. Uh-huh. Um, my, my experience was, was good with him. I never seen him lose that. And certainly at the stage uh, of his life with what, what had oh, happened. He's hard. Uh, he's he, still he, joining in training then? He though. was quite calm. He wasn't, he wasn't joining in in, uh, in training nights and stuff. So there was no There was no scissors. scissors there was, there was, no, there was no. But like, like I said, I mean, he's enjoyable to watch now on television, isn't he? Oh, he's good. Hey, just... Uh, it's honest, mate. That's all you want for people, isn't it? Mate, and that's it. He's not, he's, he's not looking over his shoulder. He's not worried about jobs. He's, he's talking about football, what he loves, and he's being honest. Brilliant. He uh, signed the same year as Mike Lone. Yes. There's been made, a lot has been made recently about his controversial kind of spell there and the things that he said. Could, could you tell he'd sacked off? His book or... No, nah, I mean, I, I got on... Look, I, I got on brilliant with, with, with Mo. Um, he used to love getting in nice and early and he had his racing post racing out because horses. we know he loves the horses. Mm-hmm. I love the horses. Oh, do you? I heard you love horses. Um, yeah, no, I love the horses as you well. You ever got to your stables now? Yeah, uh, because myself, um, Mo, Scotty Parker, and Nicky Butt had a couple of horses. Oh, um, did you say? Yeah, so one of them, I don't know, one was called Moscow Osnick. So Mo, oh, yeah, Scotty, no. Oz, Nick Butt, Moscow Osnick. Brilliant. Yeah, it didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and just- I, 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 forget, I forget the name of the other one. Um, but so yeah, no. Nah, like I says, we, we we enjoyed the the horses. We had a good we had a good group of uh, people at Newcastle. Man, I never. I think the time in the book that hit the headlines was the time when when I wasn't at the football club and the time the when Shearer was it, yeah. That was that was that was after me. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Uh, so, so you don't catch it. <laughs> but man, I says Mo, Mo was a great lad. He he had a he had bad luck as well. He come in and, and uh, I think he'd done his ACL. Yeah. Uh, he had a he had an injury. Right, World Cup. Playing the World Cup, man. How good is that? How much pride do you take? Wait, yeah, no, that was brilliant. We, um, a bit like Scotland at the moment, it was a long time yeah. s- since we played in a major competition, yeah? It wasn't uh, as long as this, was it? No, we were 32 years. Oh, yeah, right. Wow. So, so last time Australia qualified, 1974, 2006. So 74 was West Germany. Right. 2006 was Germany. So it's kind of a lot of, a lot of omens and, and, and how it come together. And uh, it's probably one of the greatest uh, Australian nights Um in, in, in the history of sport because of the penalty shootout. Mark Schwartz is unbelievable in the penalty shootout. John Aloisi scores the winner against Uruguay. who knocked us out in 2001, qualified for the first time in 32 years. To, 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 to play at a World Cup, again, you kind of... I was lucky where you played junior World Cups, play professional football, win trophies, Champions League, Europa, and now you're playing in a World Cup. You've done it all, big mate. And then you go, wow. Uh, and kind of you have this expectation of what a World Cup was going to be like, mate, but it surpassed everything that I could have. It was so good. It was just the atmosphere uh, and that. Everything about it, yeah. It's like it's just detail. We we stayed in this big um, uh, lodge manor house where, where, where we were based in Germany. And it was kind of – there was nobody else there. It was just us and I had a private golf course and it oh. was my big glass – it was just – it was, it was ridiculous. So we had Hiddink, who obviously had been there before and experienced manager. What's he like, Hiddink? No, nah, he's, he's he's good, but again, he's brutal, you know. Is like, he? Oh, mate, if you, if you don't 
if, if you're not one of his players, then mate, you're not getting much love. <laughs> but <laughs> again, they just want they just want results. Yeah, um, and they do whatever they can to to get those results. So, look to play in the World Cup. The, the the best thing about that World Cup, and it shows you the progression, I guess, for Australian football, which we stalled a little bit. We went into the last group game against Croatia. Um, expectation in Australia that we're going to Australia are going to win this match. Croatia were ranked five in the world at that oh, wow. time. They were fifth in the world. And we go one nil down. Uh, we end up getting, um, we come back 2-2. That's the, the, the game I'm lucky enough to score a penalty in. Um, Harry Cool scores a, the equaliser. We go, we go through. Um, but that's, you know, qualify for World Cup now. Qualifying for World Cup's not enough. The expectation is, can you then yeah, get through well, a group um, stage? And they were fifth in the world. Wow. Man, we got a great result against them. Um, but it was just unbelievable. Turning point or the talking point of that tournament is um, we get no- we get knocked out by Italy, who go on and win the World Cup. Um, dodgy penalty, dodgy penalty because uh, I think it was Grosso who was driving down the left side, cutting in the box. Lucas Neal goes to to ground. He's clever and kind of jumps over him, but cl- clips on the head. Sees yeah, yeah. Penalty, ninetieth minute, I think. Totti goal, finish, game done. Game exactly. done. So that that was tough because then you go and watch them win the World Cup. Yeah. It's not to say we would have won the World Cup, but you know the margins. You matched them for that full game. Uh-huh. The margins between success and, and failure at that level. They also small. play the Ronaldo Ronaldinho Kaka in that as well. Yeah, we got beat two 0 How good do they? <laughs> Mate, that was actually a game. That was an interesting game because we end up getting beat two 0 We don't cons- you know, general play. They don't really cause us too many issues. I think at one 0 um, Dita comes out to take a ball at the edge of the box, drops it. Hattie Cool's virtually on goal, clear sight of goal, and I don't, I don't know how he missed. And I've had this conversation with him. He goes, "Man, I don't know how I missed as well. He's, I don't know whether I was already celebrating or whatever. Could have been one-one. Who knows what could have happened? We ended up losing the game two-nil. Um, but again, we, we we certainly didn't let ourselves down. Um, and and we lost it. At that stage, our our team were. 23 of the players, 21 were based in Europe and playing at a level. Good level. Yeah. And playing at a level. What's the social side like in a, in a World Cup? We'd, get, we'd guess, like, like you said, a shandy, shandy time there. Yeah, he didn't mind. A glass of wine. Yeah? Yeah, a glass of wine. He did. Who was your mate at Australia? Cool. This is brilliant ever day, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never watched him a day. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. You need to go I, I get tremendous in EastEnders or Corrie <laughs> or something like that. Who <laughs> um, was it? Big Spider. Big Zelko Kalach was, was my main man. Right. Big uh, striker? No, he was, he was a big uh, goalkeeper. He was AC, AC Milan. Oh, right. Okay. AC Milan, six foot seven. Um, great lad. No, but we had Vinnie Grella. We had Mark Bresciano. Uh, Tony Popovic, who, who was at Palace. Palace, who was at um, What's Lucas Neal like? Yeah, Lucas, good lad. Good lad. He's a bit uh, of a psychopath, is not he? He's not a psychopath. Lucas, uh, again, a young player that come over young. A bit like some myself, Timmy and, and okay. Harry. We all kind of come over 17, right. 17, 18. So, again, they, they, they learn um, what it's like to adapt to a different environment. And you've got that, that ruthless side. But that's because you know, when you first come over, we're not friends, yeah? You're, yeah. Tr- you're trying to kick the living shit out of me because you don't want me to take your jersey. I want to get ahead of you, yeah. Normal. Brilliant. Right, finally, mate, 2010 World Cup. Do you always have it in your mind, as you said, but you're going to yeah. finish after the World Cup? Yeah. What a way to go, eh? Yeah, and again, everyone's different. Everyone's different. I At this World Cup, physically, I was at my best. Uh, oh, Weight-wise, yeah. everything in terms of how I got there. I had three, three, three months preparation in, in Greece before leading into this World Cup. 
uh, best condition. Uh, my first international game was against Ghana back in 95. My last game at this World Cup, 2010, was against Ghana. So I just felt it's come full cycle. Um, I'm going to go back to Australia. Yes, I can play at another club and go. Um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go out the highest level and the World Cup is the, is the highest level. Um, and I was very, very happy to, to hang them up at, at this stage and didn't really know where I was going to go, what my direction was, but just felt that I, I wasn't in a wasn't in a position mentally to, to be able to have the, the best influence uh, in terms of uh, the younger players, which I, I always took a keen interest in to try and help them. I was mentally a little bit frazzled yeah. and just needed a break. Uh, after your last game, mm-hmm. were you emotional? Can I? Uh, no, I wasn't. Huh? No, I wasn't. But I actually find that the, the older I get, the more emotional I, 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 yeah, I've become. Whereas when I was younger, it's like, just, you just full steam ahead, you know, and, you, and you don't really, you don't really take in, um, you know what, what I'm starting to take in now as an older, as an older man, an older man. No, it's like you know, you, as, as footballers, you go, you go, see a lot of different countries, but what do you see? You see a plane, hotel. a hotel, a stadium, and away you go. So you know, I've been, a, been a lot of, a lot of great countries. Have I seen enough? No. Um, was I emotional when I, when I first finished? No. Was I thinking about it that much? No. Now, uh, you know, I'm still comfortable with the fact that I can go and watch a game and I'm not, I'm not kicking it. Yeah. I'm not kicking the ball. I'm not sitting in the stadium thinking, oh, I wish I, I was out there. I'm actually quite happy now following other people's journeys. Brilliant. Uh, just finally, how do you look back on your career? Tremendous career. Um, how do I look back on it? Look, I, I'm, I, I'm extremely proud that I, I ended up playing as long as what I did do with the, the, the injuries that I ended up unfortunately sustaining. Um, I felt as if I was a, you know, a, a competitor. I, I love the um, that side of the game, but I also felt as if I could I could play. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't just somebody that ran about trying to kick people. Um, and and I had a fair bit of success in terms of you know playing with a fantastic football club uh, in a very very good time. So I've, I've been blessed in that way in terms of I, I've not really had any bad experiences with football clubs. Brilliant, Craig Miller, what a man! Thank you very much, Cheers, Top mate. Man. Thank you. Have you heard Posh Nushgal's brand new In Conversation series podcast? Somehow, she's managed to get all the best Michelin-starred chefs in the UK to tell her all their secrets. If you're passionate about the restaurant industry or just up for a bit of culinary gossip, find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you generally listen. Remember, it's In Conversation with Posh Nushgal by Shalina Tobin.